Welcome to Growing Farms and Families with Adam and Kelly, where their goal is to help you successfully enrich your farming enterprise while cultivating family health and well-being. Now, here's your hosts, Adam Huber and Kelly Burgess. Welcome back to episode two of Growing Farms and Families with Adam and Kelly. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Burgess, your Family Consumer Sciences Extension Agent in Allen County. And I'm Adam Huber, the Agriculture and Natural Resources Extension Agent here in Allen County. And Kelly, I'm glad that you remembered the name of our podcast. Hey, you got to give me credit for something. <laughs> well, uh, last month we was our first episode. Yes. And we started out talking a lot about local foods and farmers markets. And we're continuing on a similar topic today, but more something that you can do at home. So I'm really excited about our topic this month. Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, fall gardening. Yeah. And so, you know, most of the time whenever people think of a garden and, you know, they think of it being hot out and they think of planting the stuff in the springtime or early summer and, you know, messing with it throughout the, the hot, warm weather. Mm-hmm. But you can grow a garden in the fall. Yeah, especially here in Kentucky. I mean, it's a great time to grow things and we really picked on tomatoes and strawberries last time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be talking about some other crops today, too, that are equally as good. Right. Maybe not quite as on the forefront of our minds, but. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, yeah. So there's actually, and a lot of people may not know this, there's actually three growing seasons in Kentucky. And that would be spring, summer, fall? Spring, summer, fall. You got okay. it. So in the springtime, we'll just kind of go over. Uh, overview of our growing seasons. Okay. Just do that. So in the springtime, uh, you, we can also plant our our fall crops in the springtime. It's kind but of the same list, isn't it? Same, it's the same list yeah. in the spring, but you have to make sure if you're going to do a spring garden that you have to really get that out fairly early. Like when you feel like it's still too cold to do it, whenever then it's, it's time to do it. <laughs> that's right. Whenever you think it's too cold to be outside messing in the garden, that's whenever you need to be planting. Yeah. So that's like uh, the end of February, first of March. Okay. Is whenever you got to get those crops in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, because these are, are cool season crops. And cool season means that they, they thrive and do their best whenever the weather is a little bit cooler. Yeah, they're made to withstand those temperatures. Right. Now, our summer crops are, are warm season crops. Mm-hmm. So that means that they do they thrive in, in warm weather and those are the ones that you don't want to get hit with a big frost that right. comes late in the year <laughs> exactly yeah you don't want to you don't want to plant a summer crop uh the time that you're supposed to be planting a fall crop because whenever that frost comes you're going to go outside and it's going to be really brown and dead and you're going to be like what the heck and i <laughs> didn't get my tomatoes that i wanted right because right. they're really more for warmer temps that's so. right and so, and so knowing you're Knowing your uh, your season and the crop that you're planting is very important whenever mm-hmm. we're talking about gardening in general. Yeah, and well, and by the same token, like you don't want to plant a cool season crop when it's already summertime, right? Because it, they just don't turn out as well. I'm thinking about like lettuce; yeah. it gets all wilty if it's mm-hmm. too hot, and it's just not ideal for the crop, and you won't be as happy with the outcome. Right? Yeah, that, those cool season crops uh, and warm season, vice versa. If you plant them in the wrong season, they just can't get the root system established. Then the weather gets either hot or cold depending on what you planted mm-hmm. and it just this doesn't work yeah so since we've talked about the seasons what are like we're thinking about fall now mm-hmm. even though it's august and it's right. really warm outside we don't think about it being fall uh-huh. but it's time to get fall crops in the ground so what are some right. of the 
what what are we planting? Yeah, so <laughs> some of the more common ones that you may be more familiar with would be things like broccoli, cabbage, uh, turnip greens, lettuce, um, kale, um, mustard greens. There are some potatoes that you can plant in the okay. fall. Um, uh, rutabago, radishes, turnips, all that stuff. Carrots, all my carrots. favorite. <laughs> yep, yep, carrots are, are a cool season crop. So, uh, and there's a lot of other ones that are maybe not as popular mm-hmm. um, that you can plant too. Yeah. But those are the ones that, you know, we were more familiar with. Yeah. So mostly those ones that you think of the leafy greens and then also right. your root crops that uh-huh. are under the ground. Yep. Those bulbish crops are, are yeah, leafy and bulbous. Yep. So if we, so say you're super awesome and you have a summer garden right. and then now you also want to just keep it going mm-hmm. and plant a fall garden. Mm-hmm. How, what do you need to do to transition between those two seasons? Right. So yeah, first of all, you want to make sure that you want to get all that plant debris from the summer crop, get all that out. Um, you know, you may have had some diseases or, or whatnot, and you may not have. And if it didn't, that's really, that's great, you know. Um, but you want to make sure to get all that plant debris out. And then also, just like any other time, you want to make sure that you get a soil sample from the area that you're going to be planting your crop in. Um, because that summer crop is really taking a lot of nutrients out of the soil. And if you're going right back in with a, a winter crop or a fall crop, then you're not going to have the nutrients there that you're going to really need uh, for those plants to thrive. So you yeah, you, what you need. It hasn't really had time to recover yet. So right. mm-hmm. you might need to add something back to it. Right. And your yeah. local extension office, right? Mm-hmm. It's where you can go to get your soil yeah, samples yeah, taken we, care of. We do soil samples here at the extension office. And all, like we talked about before, all 120 counties in Kentucky have an extension office you can go mm-hmm. to you know your your local agent and, and or your local office and get your soil samples sent off to the uk lab and and get your results you know within 10 7 to 10 days and and, and be ready to rock and roll cool well okay so that's what we need to do to prep beforehand what about okay that's if you're working in the ground mm-hmm. what about containers can you plant fall crops in a container garden or are you out of luck if you don't have any land no if you've got if you don't have, you know, a half acre, an acre land, that's nothing to worry about. Uh, a container gardening is really beginning to be really popular, actually. Yeah. Um, I know, Kelly, you you have some I'm, containers on your porch. I'm not going to say I'm a pro <laughs> container gardener. I'm just going to say that I've tried it lots of times right. and succeeded maybe one or two of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So containers and raised bed gardening is, is very popular nowadays. Um, as long as you, you know... Uh, have the right amount of area for the crops that you're planting, yeah. then, you know, hey, go for it. Yeah. And is there any like guidelines as far as how far apart stuff needs to be spaced? Like are the leafy ones kind of one way? And yeah. So with, with those crops, uh, it really depends on what it is, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a publication here at the University of Kentucky that, at the local extension office. It's ID 128. You can also look it up on online. Yeah. Just go to search. Google or go to the UK website. It's yeah. uh, the name of it is Home Vegetable Gardening in Kentucky. And so basically this publication will tell you what you need to do from start to finish. It Even, really, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Anything you need to know. But to answer your question, yeah. yeah. So the spacing, like I said, does depend on what plant you're, you know, putting in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but between one and two feet, 
um, between between yeah plants in row uh, is what you need to do. Um, and whenever you purchase your seed, wherever you purchase that from, whether it's online or local co-op, you can on that package it should say uh the maturity date and like the the plant spacing uh, Mm. that you need on those good so that kind of tells you when to expect your crops to come in so in general Mm -hmm. these crops are going to be available in maybe september october september october november depending on the the planting date and the maturity uh range of the plant okay yep so yeah cool so you can really, I mean, have fresh vegetables into November. That's super exciting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of folks, uh, they plant like say turnips and radishes for like deer, you know, for food plots and oh. stuff. But you can actually go if you do that, uh-huh. go out into your deer plot and get you a big turnip up and take it back home and eat it. It's for the deer it's and for, the for deer you. And for you. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Come home. I'm having some deer food. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I mean, obviously we can make it more tasty, which we'll get to that in a little bit. Right, right. But what about um, so like general plant maintenance? Mm-hmm. Like just tell us the basics of what we need to know for caring for these crops. Right. Yeah. And so like I said just a moment ago, uh, we definitely want to make sure that we have enough nutrients in our uh in our soil to provide for the plants that we're, you know, that we're growing. So after you get your soil test, you know, make sure that you apply the correct amount of fertilizer or plant food um, that your soil test recommends. So that would be mainly nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. That's what your results are going to show. Apply that. Um, And then proper watering, you know, that's a big, big thing as far as any crop, really. Um, make sure you're not overwatering, you're not watering enough. Um, and also with watering, the best way to water is to water right at the soil line. Don't actually put the water on the plant because that can cause uh, diseases and, and things like that okay. uh, to, to occur in, in your planting. Um, so if you're planting right at the soil line where, where you're you know, your crops come out of the ground, then that's the best way to water. I remember being a little kid and I thought, well, obviously you're supposed to water the leaves, right? but (laughs) because that's watering the plant, but that's maybe not actually the best thing to do. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so like I say, you know, make sure that you're, especially with overwatering, a lot of folks do that. Depending on the weather, um, you know, if you have been getting several rains throughout, you know, the past couple of weeks or not. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want to water every day. It might not need quite as right. much. But if you're in a drought, you know, probably need to water it, you know, once every two days, but probably not every day. Yeah. But you just need to go off the weather as far as. Yeah. As and like, for goes. example, what I have learned about containers is you definitely need to add more water if it's in a container because right. it can't get any from that. That's true. From yep. the weather. Yep. So. Yeah, that is, that's a good point that you made. The the containers do need a little bit more water. So mm-hmm. if you water it every day with those, depending on the weather, yeah, um, you'd probably be fine with that. Cool. Sure. Uh, one other thing would be if you wanted to, uh, you could apply, you know, some fungicides just for disease preventatives. Um, there's several, uh, depending on what you're planting, different fungicides. Different like products a, for different yeah, species, varieties. The most common ones would be uh, copper fungicides, mangazeb, and then uh, chlorothalonil. Those are the ones that you would want to kind of kind of focus on for your fall crops that's a mouthful i think i'll just come ask you <laughs> <laughs> that's right or you can just look up our id 128 yeah. publications so kelly good. i think we should switch gears okay so 
Are you ready to switch yours? I'm ready. You know me. <laughs> I'm always ready to talk about food. Okay. So since we've talked about, you know, kind of growing our food and whatnot, um, I think we need to talk about preparing our food and maybe the nutritional values of our food and kind of what what foods we can what what fall crops we can use um, in our recipes. Yeah. I mean, you know, you go through all this work, gardening and planting and watering. And then, I mean, there's nothing more rewarding than being able to put that vegetable on your plate right. for your family. So, right. and there's, even though these vegetables might not be as popular as our tomatoes and strawberries, um, <laughs> gotta love those, though. there's a million <laughs> delicious ways we can fix them. So I'm excited to talk about that a little bit. More. Okay. So the first thing I think we should talk about, let's say kale. Kale is one of those veggies that gets kind of a bad reputation sometimes. I mean, I can say personally, I used to not like kale at all, but the good news is there's a lot of different ways that you can fix kale. So if you tried it one way and you don't like it, I'm going to give you some new ideas. (laughs) (laughs) So one of them is you can actually use kale to make a pesto sauce, which pesto is that green sauce that sometimes you see on Italian dishes. It's mostly made with basil, uh, but it has garlic, lemon juice, uh, pine nuts or other nuts, olive oil, um, and you can actually make pesto with kale instead of basil. So that's kind of cool. You can also make it in a soup. Like we have a recipe at the extension office for kale potato soup that's really tasty. And you can also put it in salad. So you can just eat it raw in a green salad. And uh, I like to this is very true and you can laugh, but if you put it in a raw salad, you got to massage <laughs> your kale. <laughs> I think you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. So all you do is just put it in a bowl and you just run it between your hands and just kind of squeeze it a little bit. Yeah. And it really, it makes it so much more tender and more flavorful and it makes it so it's not that tough woody texture. So right. laugh all you want, but make sure you go home and massage your kale. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I first uh, heard you talking about massage your kale, I thought you were just nuts. <laughs> I thought I was off the rocker, but <laughs> but it actually did like the recipe that you made. Um, I don't remember which one it was. Yeah, it actually did make it. It changes the flavor yeah. and the texture yeah. and the color. You'll see it turn to like a really bright green when you do it. Yeah, and that's how you know that it's gotten better. Yeah. So if you don't learn anything else, learn to <laughs> massage your kale today. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some cabbage. Yeah, so cabbage is really high in vitamin C, also fiber, folate, iron, so all of those good vitamins and minerals, and vitamin K too. So that's something to be aware of if you're on any kind of blood thinner medication. Vitamin K is not something to avoid, but just something to keep your amounts consistent with. But I love to use cabbage in jambalaya. We have a great recipe at the extension office for cabbage jambalaya. And that really takes those Cajun and Creole flavors. You can add chicken, sausage, shrimp, whatever you like uh, with bell peppers, tomatoes. And it's super tasty. Sounds like something from down south of Louisiana. (laughs) It is. But, you know, you can make it in the Kentucky way. You can even do beef. Uh, You can, you know, add whatever. And it's just so savory, um, like comfort food. So. You can also eat cabbage raw too, though. Yeah. Kind of like with the kale, you can chop it up real small and put it in with a salad. Right. Um, and it gives you that crunch that you, a lot of people like with iceberg lettuce, mm-hmm. but it has a higher nutritional value than that lettuce yeah. does. Or you could just do like I do and just put it on the grill. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I need to try that. So grilled cabbage is like the best, but the way that I fix it is probably not the healthiest. <laughs> do you dip it in butter? 
Oh, dipping. Nah. <laughs> I just drench it in butter. <laughs> I'm just teasing. You could do olive oil. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But your way is probably a little bit more healthy. And yeah. I would probably, you know, prefer that. Hey, so. <laughs> if somebody, if it, if it gets you to eat cabbage, I'm a fan of any of the ways to right. fix it. Yeah, yeah. And cabbage is good. So let's move on to... Let's talk about some radishes. Okay. Well, radishes are also one of those that people think, what on earth am I going to do with a radish? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, you know, they're crunchy. They have a little bit of a peppery flavor sometimes, a little bit tangy. Uh, so that can scare some people off. But once again, there's lots of different ways you can use them. They're very low in calories, high in vitamin C. Um, last year, I made a pasta salad. So a lot of people like that Italian pasta salad that has, yeah. you know, maybe some celery or some uh, peppers, just onions, crunchy in there. And so you can chop up radishes and put them in a pasta salad is a really good way to use them okay. or even on top of a green salad. They're also really good roasted. So roastings, when you put stuff in the oven on a high temperature, probably 425, mm -hmm. maybe uh, toss it with some olive oil, a little sea salt, black pepper, um, and roast it in the oven. You can do that with radishes or your other, any other root vegetables, potatoes, carrots. Okay. Um, and it really brings out the flavor and it gives a nice crunch that makes it a little bit different for people. Right. That, that does sound good. You know, the way you just described that, oh, it's yeah. kind of. My, my mouth is watering. Yeah. Over turnips, right? I mean, what? <laughs> who would have thought? Radishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Radishes. My Either bad. one. Yeah. Next, we're going to talk about turnips. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I think one of the most interesting ways to eat turnips is, once again, a recipe we have at the Extension Office. Um, it's called turnip tater mash. So what it is, is basically you're making mashed potatoes, but you can fix the root or the base part of turnip. Um, it will mash up just like a mashed potato. So you use a little bit of mashed potato, you know, a little bit of potatoes, mm -hmm. a little bit of turnips, and it offers a lower carbohydrate way to enjoy mashed potatoes. Okay. So if you like a big old pile of mashed potatoes on your plate, like I do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can incorporate turnips into that, and it kind of keeps it a little bit, um, a little bit lower carb if you if you're watching that in your diet. Okay. Yeah, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that you made that here before, and. Honestly, it's pretty good and you really can't taste like the turnip in it. No, it tastes like potatoes. Yeah, like the color's the same. You can season it the same way with, you know, a little milk, a little butter, salt, pepper. Um, you can even add something a little bit spicier to it if you want to spice it up a little. Right. But um, and of course, you know, there's always turnip greens. Right. But I'm trying to think outside the box here. Right. Today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never heard of that or seen that before. And I thought I yeah. like. I don't know about that, but it is actually really good. And and so, yeah, I think it was, yeah, really mm -hmm. good. So the last thing here is okra. Yes. So okra, you can find it in the summer too, but it'll also grow in the fall. Um, okra is really high in soluble fiber, fiber, and it only has 20 calories for every half cup serving, which if you're like me, I love fried okra. Um, it's easier. It's a lot easier to eat a lot more than half a cup for sure. Yeah. But one thing I hadn't thought of is pairing okra with corn. So we have a recipe at the extension office that is like an okra and corn casserole it, with breadcrumbs. Mm crunchy on top. It's really good. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Cajun and Creole cooking, it's also one of the main ingredients in gumbo, which really? a lot of people really like gumbo, especially going into the fall. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, thicker, uh, stew soup that has, you know, bigger pieces of once again, uh -huh. sausage, chicken, shrimp, whatever you want to put in there. Right. Um, so okra is really great in that, or you can also make something called a succotash. 
it's kind of like a mixed dish that has okra, corn, tomatoes. Um, and you can put that over rice or over quinoa or whatever you want to. So yeah. there is other ways to enjoy okra other than fried, but I'm always up for some good, right. some good fried okra for sure. Too. For sure. Well, that all sounds really good. And now uh, I think it's about lunchtime. Yeah. And <laughs> since we talked about all the ways you can enjoy it, hopefully yeah. that motivates you to start planting your fall garden. But yeah, I'm hungry. Yep. So if you do, uh, uh, have any questions on anything that you heard us talk about today, you can, you know, just contact us uh, at the Allen County Extension Office. Our number here is 270-237-3146. Yeah. And if you want to take a look at any of those recipes, they're part of a series called Plate It Up Kentucky Proud. You can put that in your Google search bar or find it on Facebook and you'll be able to find all of these recipes to cook with your fall garden. Yep. Excellent. All right, Kelly. Well, I think we need to sign off for this month and uh, everyone, we would be glad for you to join us in next month in August. No, in what? September. Yeah, September. <laughs> I don't even know what month it is. We're we're ready to we're ready to move on from our fall garden. We're just thinking <laughs> ahead. Right, right. Yeah. So, anyways, join us next month uh, right here on our podcast. And if you are in Scottsville, join us on our radio show every Wednesday morning at seven thirty-five a.m on 99.3 WBLE. All right, see you next time. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to catch our next podcast episode on the second Tuesday of each month or in the meantime, weekly on Wednesdays at 7.35 a.m. on Scottsville, Kentucky's 99.3 WBLE. And always remember to support local farms and families in your community.